Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. Normally we're going through the back catalogue of songs. At the time of us doing this in real time, we just recorded the I Disappear episode. So we're on about episode 70 or so. We're not even halfway through the bloody alphabet of all the Metallic songs. But I'm having a ball. I know the listeners are hopefully as well. And, you know, if you enjoy the show... Please follow the show, subscribe to the show, at me, at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on, you want to do a discussion, you want to look at a you know, live record, I've got someone coming on soon who said, can we do the Guitar Hero game, the Metallica Guitar Hero game, which I personally never played. I love the Guitar Hero games. I can watch Let's Plays and fill in the blanks, so that's going to be a really fun episode. Um, we've got the Patreon, we've got the iTunes as ever. One of my favourite things to do with the show is to welcome guests back, guests that I love to have on the show. This is a guy that not only... I had an Alpha Metallica. I do another podcast about battle rap. I know 99% of Alpha Metallica fans don't give a fuck about battle rap, but I don't really care. I love battle rap myself. Uh, Joker, how's it going, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. And we did Bread Fan, which I think was a really upset. And we did the Nemes concert as well, right? Indeed. A beautiful spectacle, which we got to bro- break down in oh a, a very sort of broken up way. <laughs> <laughs> From my point, at least. So today. We're going to be going through the iconography of Metallica, which is basically a fancy way of saying album covers. Uh, we're going to go through all the album covers. We're also going to, you know, just pontificate and in, in whatever way we see fit. Also going to talk a little bit about the logos, you know, the, the various symbols and insignias that Metallica have gone through. And Metallica, for you, Joker, I mean, fair to say they're one of the most iconic bands in terms of these designs, right? I would say so in terms of overall power of the covers and probably material relative to the time it was released. I'd say they they definitely are. You know, each release going through, just looking through all of these albums as a slideshow, it's magnificent. It is, know? isn't it? It is, isn't it? No, I don't think I don't think any of them are that dated. Not at all. I think even Kill 'Em All, which even, you know yeah. we'll, we'll get into, it's it, in its own right. It's still you know it's still modern day stuff. Really, you look at it. Um, what other bands I'm trying to think of other bands I guess Radiohead uh, one that have a very clear yeah. graphic identity uh, Zeppelin to a certain extent Sabbath can you think of many others I'd say Rage Against the Machine yes. given their given their four so well four studio studio-ish releases I'd, mm. I'd say they are Tool probably yes Tool's also, a good show you know uh, Pantera to a certain degree given the yeah. the latter the latter part yeah. of their, uh, <laughs> Not necessarily power metal, career. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's iconic in its own way. But yeah, I think I think Metall- uh, uh, Pantera, sorry, just understood the power of words. Like there's something undeniable about like, the Great Southern Trend kill. It's like I have to listen to that right now. Like that just sounds oh. badass. Oh, it's such an album. That's yeah. such a great album. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Good. Well, we're just, just saying actually to the last guest I had on Trent, I always ask at the end of the show, if you were to do a podcast, what would you do? You yeah. know, and, and he said Pantera, which I think is a really nice. good idea. Nice. That, that is good. Yeah, Pantera podcast. The Great Southern Podcast is what the... we need. <laughs> <laughs> Far beyond podcast. Far beyond podcast. Oh, podcast play podcast. Wow, there wow. There, there we go. Power <laughs> podcast, just to throw in a clumsy one right, right at the end. Podcast in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll kick off with Kill em All. Which obviously originally was called Metal Up Your Ass, Ass, whatever. Mick Wall describes it as such, and I'm sure people will be aware of this. Quote, an arm coming up for a toilet bowl, brandishing a machete. Right, okay, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great idea. And, yeah. you know, kill them all while they're on the toilet, I suppose. Similar to Appetite for Destruction, which had the original cover 
that really weird, like, that I think it's like the, the woman in the gutter and there's like an alien and then we get the iconic cross and all that sort of idea. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Kill 'Em All as a cover, and I mentioned this before, and I can sort of see what I was seeing as a child, but not really. I always saw the blood splatter almost like a beast of sorts like a silhouette of a monster i can't really even see it now when i saw it but i remember that standing out to me it's very of its time isn't it the sort of the square image the hammer the faded hand it's called kill them all for god's sake but it doesn't feel quite as dated as say megadeth covers or i don't want to say maiden covers are dated but you know what i mean there's something quite minimal about it that stands it out from its time oh yeah i mean it's got its own sort of cartoony element as well because yeah. like you just say maiden that i think that's sort of like the graphic cartoon element to that the the logo is quite more sort of cartoon-esque as it were and you just said fading hand and i'm sort of like is it fading away is that like the perpetrator or victim's hand of mm. what's apparently happened here you know when you say you see like the beast in the blood, is that the red on the white silhouette? Yes, that's what I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah, because I I always sort of see like from the left the white coming in. I always saw like half a dinosaur skull and then like an alien to the right of it. Yeah. Like the white on the red sort of thing. It's like a Rorschach blot, isn't it? You can just read into it, it when you will. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, sure whether I've done too many drugs in my 20s or, you know, but... I'm not, not sure I've done enough, like, like, you know. Yeah. But uh, it was actually designed by Johnny Z, um, you know, of sort of early Metallica fame. He and he and Marsha. Apparently he said the band were very pleased with it. You know, the simple and brutal idea, a sledgehammer resting in a pool of blood with the shadow of a hand reaching out. Um, and apparently the idea came from Cliff bellowing, kill them all, kill them all. But yeah, I, I, I really like the cover. I think, you know, sonically it fits so well with what they were going for as well. It's that kind of, you know, back to basics, that sort of early juvenilia. And one of the gorgeous things is it's our first proper sight of the Metallica logo, right? I think James pioneered this with the um, dipping M&A. Absolutely a theme which does carry on, even even to when it got softened down a lot in the 90s, it does carry yeah. on with the, the sort of accentuated... Uh, sandwiching letters as it were yes yes the the, the loadination of the uh, <laughs> which which we'll get to i mean you know uh we, we get on well we differ on load we'll, we'll get to that and you're, you're like a load diehard right i am yeah i mean you'll you'll come around to it you know when you get to like mid 30s and all you listen to is jazz you're you're warm to it don't worry tom don't worry we'll, well, well i mean we did uh we did house at jackfield with jeremy the other week uh which yeah. is a really good episode shout out to jeremy and you know i said in mid-episode i was sort of coming along to the idea of the song what is the next load episode that we're covering i think mama said we're covering which is actually going to come out on christmas eve so that's something really? to look forward to with uh, mr kevin van damme but yeah back to back to kill em all i mean not we don't you know we don't want to spend ages on each of these covers just quick thoughts and stuff like that but um all in all i think it's successful and i think it's eye-catching because this is back in the day when something had to stand out from a bin you know it wasn't just a uh mp3 in a file that you torrented some sort of thumbnail or something like that it's just quite visually arresting isn't it i suppose it is it's powerful just like the music and just like the sort of statement that's made by the album it's quite defined everything's really quite strong um and I'm, I'm not sure nowadays whether the mallet is like surreptitious shout to anvil with like the metal on metal <laughs> type thing. Shout really anvil man what a oh, documentary yeah, oh that's fucking great that that's yeah. up there with the top music documentary oh, i love it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Fum Hang, I think, was one of their songs they talk about. <laughs> yeah. The first one they wrote, and then they ended up doing it on that album 13. Oh, they man. ended up recording it for real. Fantastic. Is, is Lars in that doc? I haven't seen it for a while. I'm pretty sure he's interviewed. I know a lot of the goats are interviewed in it. I think he's he's at the start with yeah. Tom Araya as well. That's right. At the start, sort of saying they're one of the most important metal bands, and then you know the lead singer is fucking working, doing school meals, yeah, yeah. delivering school meals, <laughs> and, you know, and they're like, if, if only they covered us on Garage Inc., we could have been rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you chose fucking Budgie. You could have done an Ample. Yeah, we so. could be Budgie. We could yeah, be playing lower rent shows in Poland right now. Could have done Fum Hang, like you know. But uh, <laughs> so we move on to the next um, next album. I mean, this covers fucking masterpiece uh you know outstanding cover of ride the lightning which i was doing a little bit of research of um it was designed by ad artists apparently did the cover design but something I, something i never knew about ride the lightning personally um apparently kirk came up with a name in the album and he actually took it from a passage in stephen king's novel the stand i don't know if you're familiar with that book no i'm, I'm not actually. yeah i've read it when i was young when i went through a heavy stephen king phase if i remember correctly it's kind of a post-apocalyptic some flu takes out 99 percent of the world and then there's like an right. uprising and i think it was a big influence on damon Lindelof and lost and that sort of idea so that's where the phrase comes from but the cover itself i mean the chair hanging um in this sort of just elusive you know in the midst of lightning bolts the the chrome logo atop ride the lightning simply un- underneath i mean we we're talking earlier about great southern trend kill ride the lightning what an evocative turn of phrase oh absolutely and you've got to have the inclusion of a lot of lightning with it being part of the title yeah, electric, <laughs> electric the empty electric chair is just mm. hanging there there's no one in it there might have been someone in it straps are sort of hanging down don't know whether they fall into the sky, yeah. but it kind of it, with the smoky cloud shapes, it could represent a lake as well. Yes, so it could be water. You know, it all looks like the lightning logo or even metallic logo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all quite shiny, really vivid, and it's probably, I'd say, one of the most standout covers. Certainly of the early period. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of my favourite uh, Metallica oh, yeah. covers, without a doubt. There's something about it that, excuse the pun, is so striking, and, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't really get enough of it. And what do you make of the actual Metallica logo itself? Because they, you know, as with all these records, they sort of reinvent it. It embodies the ethos, the aesthetic. It does indeed. I mean, apart from it being slightly self-referential, but it really stands out as shining as again part of a statement to say you know this is what we're doing we're really coming into the fore and really shining out yeah Um, yeah yeah definitely a sort of catalyst yeah i I completely agree i mean ride the lightning as a as a creative leap um in terms of output in terms of thought process from kill them all is like well it's you know it's kind of like you know with the beatles up to revolver or something it's just like a paradigm shifting it's just you know you can't believe it it's like power metal of pantera (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna keep mentioning them but uh yeah up to um cowboys from i mean i don't really know them that well but i'm a huge huge pantera fan nonetheless um and obviously they supported metallica at the the moscow show as well which had dave on the show that was a really good episode as well so we move forward um into another incredible cover um it inspired the alpha metallica thumbnail fun fact actually good friend of mine danny o'gorman who designs most of my podcast things the original idea for the alpha metallica thumbnail was the master of puppets thumbnail but instead of the crosses it'd be a b c d e f you know <laughs> going going back but he could he couldn't do it he couldn't seem to do it for whatever reason i think it was too difficult to put together this was a cover as a kid I just sort of saw it, and again, you know, I was getting into Metallica in 2005, 2006. I didn't really have the CDs, didn't have the vinyls to 
pour over. I just had the MP3, so I wasn't really looking at the cover as much. And it was only later that I discovered so much stuff. I discovered the strings and there's hands. There's a hat. There's a, there's a helmet perched on one of the things. I mean, talk to me about the cover, Joker. There's also the dog tags on the dog middle. Dog tags, yep. You know, like the, the soldier's helmet and mm-hmm. sort of like the governing hands dictating the death of the troops or... Yep. You know, it could be religion, like pastor of Muppets, as right. it were. But <laughs> it's sort of like also the, the grass is, it seems very unkempt yes. and like wild flowers or sort of weeds growing over the crosses. Maybe olive branch representation yep. in a couple of them, like the piece sort of, okay. you know. And yeah. I mean, I always saw it as the soft image that it is, because it's really quite a, an enchanting image. You look off into the distance, the sun's setting like a, a light of hope maybe in the distance yeah. but all the while this is going on you know and you've got the you've got the master hands which we know that nothing like that goes on in the real world there's no hidden hand governing governing anything sure you know we don't, <laughs> don't need to worry about that it's all good uh yeah and the cross i agree yeah the cross is going forever into the brightening hello i mean i mean you say hope it's kind of hellish as well the scape you know there's something quite satanic uh about the colors that are being employed and even though the sort of hands of fate and crosses and the marionette strings, I think it could almost be a Dokken cover. You know what I mean? It could be quite <laughs> cheap. Like, shout out Dokken, by the way. I've been going for a heavy Dokken phase lately. All their songs kind of sound the same, but they're kind of great. Uh, Lightning Strikes Again. If anyone's heard that song by Dokken, that is a fucking fire song from the 80s. But yeah, it's kind of... But I think in Metallica's hands, it works. There's something so utterly iconic. I agree about the weeds. I guess I read it as they hadn't been tended to. You yeah. know, there were just millions of these things. The Unknown Soldier Grave. Who are these people? You know, the legacy of war. And again, the logo up above, similar to Ride, is encapsulating. I guess it's kind of encapsulating the granite of the stone, right? Yeah, it's a marbled effect. Yeah. And we're not sure whether that is going like solidity or it's heavy. Yeah. But if you were to take the logo from the image, it would be completely different. You know, nowhere near as powerful. The hands are towards the side of Metallica as well, either That's side. True. That's true. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and again, the M and the A reach down as the strings do. Uh, you know, they almost seem part of that uh, of that endowment. So, yeah, I mean, Master of Puppets, in- incredibly iconic, as I say, uh, designed by Metallica and Peter Mensch, painted by uh, Dom Brautigam, I believe his name was. And uh, yeah, again, another terrific cover, free for free, really. And it's four for four with the oh, yes. Justice cover, which has got a lot more going on than the rest of the covers. I actually had this cover as a poster on my ceiling in my bedroom uh, mm. as a young boy. Yeah, I had What else did I have? I had this. I had a Joe Satriani poster of his, <laughs> of his 2008 tour that was signed by him, but obviously he'd signed a billion of them. Uh, I had Appetite. I also had a Sopranos poster for some reason. I, I mean, I still, I still love the Sopranos. I was actually just rewatching it at the moment. But I had, a, I had a poster of Tony as like a 15 year I don't know why I already had that, but I had a poster of Tony there. <laughs> There's a really good article on Metal Injection, uh, basically a closer look at the artwork for And Justice For All. And they interviewed the art director, Roger Gorman. Uh, he and his brother, Stephen, were the ones that basically brought the image to life. Uh, he, uh, with Roger saying, the art director saying, the visual acts as a very simple representation of political and legal injustice. Um, and they're basically saying, Lars was the point man with the band. He was happy with the EP design and we got along great. So when And Justice For All came along, he was like, hey guys, you want the opportunity to get involved with this? Okay, it was a great opportunity. And they said the uh, concept and initial sketches were green... Uh, were green lighted and then they worked on it for about two weeks creating the original acrylic painting and i mean 
it's so much going on here. The bills on the scale of justice, uh, the, the the breasts exposed, the degenerate vibe, the exploitation. It's so evocative. I mean, the breasts out is always good. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. I, I got this as like a nine-year-old on tape. <laughs> this is the first Metallica album I got, you yeah. know, so anything helps. But money's, like, paper money's never really made any sense to me from a very early age. And yeah. this connected with, with me in a different way. You know, one of the scales is falling off and it's sort of scattering everywhere. Mm-hmm. But even if she could care, she can't see because she's blindfolded, the sword's down. I never knew whether the ropes are holding her up or pulling her down right. as well. Yeah, yeah. They're supporting her standing or, you know, they're actually trying to rip her down. And the logo on this one sort of more set into the the stone. It's set in, it's deeper in there. Like, they're more ingratiated into this at this point. And all the dripping. Through, and as someone who enjoyed painting, yeah, this is just fantastic. All the dripping through the cracks like there is some sort of seeping liquid coming from behind mm, mm. yeah it's oh man so i'm just looking at it right now blown up yeah it's so so good and apparently the band were very happy uh with pretty much the finished art where they were shown roger just saying quote they wanted additional ropes and the metallica logo to be carved deeper into the wall and also slightly greener those are pretty easy fixes apart from that everyone else went as planned and uh yeah just seeing all the dollars toppling out there and just an inc- incredibly cynical image it is. It's got, and with the graffitied uh, album title in the mm-hmm. bottom right-hand corner, it is kind of like a rudimentary late 80s Banksy image. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, it's sort definitely. of got that vibe to it, you know. Yeah, with, with tits as well. Which yeah, is with, t- with tits as well. But, <laughs> but yeah, you're completely right. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. And, um, uh, you know, the Lady Doris as well, uh, you know, has came out for subsequent tours. A bit like that giant Eddie that occasionally Iron Maiden will have. Um, she'll sort of perch on the side of the stage and whatnot. Yeah, the cracked backdrop as well. And yet again, you know, nothing disposable. It's not the guys on the front cover just looking out moodily from whatever. Like, you know, it's really encapsulating a lot of the ideas, a lot of the themes that they were pursuing in Injustice for All, which, you know, we spoke about at length on the show, is, of course, an incredible album. I'm just going to look down the list now. I don't think we're going to tackle an Injustice song for, for a long, long time, actually. Maybe we've done most of them. Yeah, we've done pretty much most of them. But, um, yeah, love this. Love this especially. The Black Album as well uh you know a very stark concept this is um from mick wall's book enter night uh, at the time lars was browsing through a typically colorful heavy metal mag noticing how the ads for various albums all look the same which was not sitting well with him all these cartoon characters and all this steel and blood and guts he said it was like let's get f- as far away from this as possible and <laughs> i mean they did right this is like uh what's well, their white album isn't it it's their disregard for any of these kind of silly adornments. And it's just, I mean, it, it's just on their terms. It is, or does it more sort of parallel the Spinal Tap release yes, where, yeah. they, you know, <laughs> where they where they do it? But yeah, it, it sort of like mirrors the White Album, absolutely. Aside from the fact that there is imagery on it. and Yes. I mean, it, it is black, you know, that is evident, but it's, it's called Metallica as well. And it's like when people call it the playstation one or they say back to the future one because sure. it's the first one but it's you know and but you have to have a way of naming things it's the black album i suppose it should be the snake album probably oh uh, yeah yeah the the, you know? the snake from the uh from the gadsden flag 
um, yeah. which we discussed. Uh, you know, this was sort of uh, adopted by a lot of the Confederate armies during the Civil War. Uh, we did Don't Tread on Me, uh, which is a good episode a little while ago now. And I think I, ca- I called the song in the intro Gadsden Groover. And it definitely nice. has that has that element to it, yeah. And I love the fact that the Metallica logo, again, it, you know, it's embodying the conceit of the design. You can't really even fucking read it. <laughs> like, if you didn't know it said Metallica, it's like, what? It's kind of unclear. Well, it's the first time it's been shifted from the centre of the image yeah. as well. It's gone off to the left with a bit of a bit of a flip switch thing going on. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's pretty vague, but it's still shiny as well. Yeah. You know, kind of like it's blurry, like it's fading off a little. And obviously the snake with the don't tread on me stuff, you know, don't hiss at me or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, all in all, it's just not as good as load, is it? It's, we're going to get to load. We're going to get to load. Um, oh, yes, we are. Yeah. Choosing the, uh, <laughs> apparently choosing the tone uh, uh, visually for the album was no brainer. Ulrich would say, quote, the fact is that we all like black as a color. And um, Hetfield would say, you know, here it is, black sleeve, black logo, fuck you. Perfect for Het to sort of sum that up. Apparently Kirk, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Kirk in a year and a half in the life of Metallica. It's been a while since I saw it. Um, him and Hetfield, you know, encounter Spinal Tap, actually confronted them about the similarities uh, to the cover and it being a homage and it was made as a homage. Uh, Hammett admits. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. And I think in the Nothing Else Matters video, you see Lars looking at some of the proofs of it as well and they show it to the camera. So that's pretty cool. Next up is Load. I mean, from, from, from the guy who brought us Piss Christ, yeah? <laughs> Piss Christ. <laughs> that was his work. That's what got him on Lars's radar. Oh, yes, yeah. They were, they were going for the all-out shock factor, sort of surreptitiously and in your face with the cover. But if you didn't have any contextual backstory to it, it wasn't obvious what this was mm. as well at the time. You know, this was, this was the first Metallica album I bought upon its release you know um and i'd already read in kerrang magazine that you know it was kirk's i assume it's kirk's blood as well i remember being his semen yeah it was actually it's actually um not theirs no so it's based on a 1990 image um that andre serrano did so it's none of the actual band um, it's someone right. else involved. Yeah, so this is again from Mick Wall. Uh, the front sleeve was built around a detail from a picture entitled Semen and Blood Free, an abstract, fiery-coloured cauldron splash set against a mottled black background. And he says here, quite, quite, quite rightly, not a million wavy lines away from the kind of languid psychedelia poster of it, a languid psychedelia of a gig poster from the 1960s. And yeah, I agree. I mean, when you learn that it's, um, you know, jizz and hemoglobin, uh, mm. it, it can be slightly eye-opening. It doesn't really bother me. I think it's quite funny. Uh, and I love the fact that it's called Load as well. It adds a whole new element. But just in of itself, as a portrait of sort of, I guess, hellfire and just kind of abstract, um, you know, Pollock-like design, action mm. painting, I, I, I think it's quite entrancing. I do like the cover of Load. It's strange how the the jizz does add. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this fucking seriously, <laughs> but the jizz does add like a blending quality to it. Yep. There's almost stars you can see in parts of it, but you know I don't know whether they're little little people there, little you Serranos, know, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> Serrano sham. And the you got to sort of like a, to the left hand side. There's like almost a distorted demon face. Which, yes, yeah, yeah, I can see that, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's wavy shapes, mixing colours, cum bubbles, fantastic, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> just what you need. I'm glad it is someone's mixed them as well, because otherwise they need to see a doctor, like, yeah. rapidly. But yeah. It's... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and um, I mean, you mentioned Piss Christ before as well, which was mm. his 1987 image. Let's Mick Wall again here. A cloudy amber rendition of a crucifix submerged in Serrano's urine, which is quite, again, I quite like Piss Christ, actually. When you look at it, I can almost hear it being underwater and it's sort of, I don't want to say filling my ears because, again, horrible image, but it's just something about it. And there's something so iconoclastic and, like, 1980s modern art go fuck yourself sort of stuff that I quite like about it so it's quite ambitious found a great article by I don't know if this is actual name Joe Frashenkill which is basically <laughs> saying uh, the title of the article is Art is Dumb Revisiting Metallica's Load and Reload and he does his own um, Big Four but he compares the Big Four to the Big Four modern artists of the 90s so he calls uh, Megadeth Andre Serrano Undeniable Talent Political Commentary loathed by a huge swath of the population Slayer are called Matthew Barney. I mean, you're more of an artist than me. Do you know Matthew Barney? I've not heard of him myself. No. Matthew no, Barney. Yeah, well, let's, let's just do a quick Google image. Let's see what his stuff's like. Uh, okay. Slayer. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's Slayer. Oh, there's nothing coming up here. Uh, so he says, a deep commitment to a niche that seems foreboding or even comical to a wider audience. Also previously employed the talents of Dave Lombardo. So, okay. Anfrax gets compared to Chris Ophelia, who I do know, my girlfriend used to be very much into uh, weaving, um, doing like wall hangings and stuff. And he had an exhibition at the um, at the British Museum, the National Gallery. Um, so basically, uh, you know, the Joe says here, Chris is arbitrary, like Anthrax, shoehorned onto a list of three more famous artists. I mean, I couldn't agree more, really. Uh, are you an Anthrax fan, Joe? I've never really got into them myself. I've I've been an Anthrax fan since a young child. I got oh, wow. to see him once at a festival, which was like three in the afternoon, which is quite weird, like 2009. But when I was a kid, um, I remember getting a couple of CDs. Oh, God, I can't even fucking... Yeah. Uh, like persistence of time, all that sort yeah. of shit I'd get. And, oh, yeah, man, got a few seven inches and whatever and... Always absolutely loved them. Just, you know, all about pure speed, mm. at least for, a, you know, a couple of albums. Yeah, it's interesting because they covered, I think one of their big hits was a song called Got the Time, mm. which is a cover of uh, Joe Jackson's song, who uh, my dad's actually, I'm actually a big fan of what my dad got me into. He's sort of this sort of new wave post-punk singer-songwriter. A lot of people consider him a one-hit wonder, but he's quite popular. So it's really weird to hear this song that he's listening to my dad in his yeah. car, like, it's Scott Ian, like you know. And, uh, have, you, have, you, have you ever seen the program uh, Supergroup on VH1? You ever heard of this? No. It's from the mid two thousands. It's on YouTube. I just discovered it recently because Sebastian Bach was on Dean Del Rey's podcast a few years ago and listened to it. And I quite like Sebastian Bach. I think he's quite infectious. He really loves music as well. And I like yeah, hearing man. someone who's really passionate about that. So basically, Supergroup was this show where they got Sebastian Bach, Scott Ian, Ted Nugent, Jason Bonham, yeah. and the bassist of Biohazard, who comes off as a right twat oh, in it, God. yeah, put, Biohazard, yeah, 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 put him in a put him in a house in in Vegas, give him a week to write an album and do a gig. I've only seen the first episode; it's great. <laughs> I'll send you the link. It's all on YouTube. It's pretty entertaining stuff, man. And oh, I, 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 you know, I might not, I don't dislike Anthrax. I don't really know them, but Scott Ian always comes across as a really good dude. So you know, it's cool to see him. So so just to close up this uh, this big four modern art comparison, of course, Metallica. <laughs> are compared to Damien Hurst and uh, Joe says critics tend to judge their output the hardest also worth 10 bazillion fucking dollars 
Yeah, very true. They ain't killing any sharks and preserving them, but yeah, 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 they, yeah, yeah. you know, they can get on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that makes me feel better about the fact that I might be having a pretentious art conversation about Metallica. The fact that he is analogized or yeah. analogized those things. That's that's fantastic. I know, I love that. I thought that was so, when, when I saw that, I thought that was inspired. So shout out to Joe Frasher and uh, if you want to see that article for yourself, dear listeners, Art is Dumb, revisiting Metallica's Load and Reload is what it's called. And we move on to Reload. You know, Reload's cover art, uh, which is literally, again, a photo of piss and blood this time. Um, apparently, James Hetfield hated it. He said, I hated it, but it had to match. It's matching hatred. I'm not a big fan of the man and his perversions. There's art, and then there's just sick motherfuckers, and he's one of them. The thing is, they belong together. I don't care if the guy blows donkeys. The art had to match. <laughs> what a quote. Metal up your donkeys ass. Fuck, you know. I, what? I mean, I, I didn't know that at all. I didn't know this is piss and blood. This is piss, the other one's jizz, right. yeah. And, well, I mean, it makes sense. The, the, it? the trilogy would have made sense if, if it was yeah. shit, finally. Just, shit just and, to finish shit it off. and blood. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. was that just what they were doing secretly? <laughs> right? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Some okay. would argue that is, say, anger <laughs> sonically, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I always sort of took this as like an embryo, mm. a close-up of an embryo. Like, you've got the jizz on the other one, and this is more like an embryo, like, you know, the reload. Also, is it a planet, maybe? Because you've got the shiny sort of subtle faded outline is it a close-up of like a planet not even the sun or star or whatever and it looks like james has just sort of scrolled re before the load yes yeah yeah we've still got the same you know i mean the logo again is top left and Mm -hmm. we've got the we've got the similar prongs of the m and the a at the start yeah what do you think of the 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 sort of 90s metallica logo the load reload logo I think it's fitting, and the one thing that I didn't realise until years after, probably mid-2000s, and I would sit and look at the my favourite Metallica album, Load, you know, I would sit and look at the cover, and I think it's television static in the logo. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. they're kind of stuck, or it's just, they're tuning into something. Yeah, nice. I mean, and then it comes out, I always sort of, sort of took it as that, but it, it really, I mean, this is, again, very... It's very simple, really strong image. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think it works. Not a massive fan of the album, you know. No, no. I, you know, I prefer the load to the sloppy seconds. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always say that it wasn't leftovers. It was conceived as a whole. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's like if you would have just maybe threw fuel and memory remains. Even though I don't really like memory remains, but I know people like it. On load, took out a few. You could have had quite a fucking decent record. But yeah, I don't really like load. I don't really like reload. I don't really like load either. But I don't really uh. like reload. Um, don't really like the cover. The cover always felt to me a bit after four. <laughs> it didn't feel quite as well conceived as load, and that kind of embodies a lot of the music i do get that vibe that you get of the womb of something Mm. primordial something being created because it's kind of like a dust storm or a twister or something there's kind of you know a vertical shaft going up and i like the sort of dull nothing blackness at the bottom as well the sort of emptiness and it's kind of enveloped in between these two tram lines is the um well (laughs) is the blood and uh you know and Mm. the piss but, um, you know, I just, I just love that the biggest band in the world had jizz and piss on their 90s covers. It's it's fantastic. It's very metallic. And the static is a, is a good shot, actually. Never seen it before. We totally agree. And I guess they sort of lopped off the sharper edges. It still has a little bit of horns towards the bottom mm. of the M&A. But like the guys, they, they cut a lot of stuff off in the 90s. 
nice, nice interpretation. And with this coming out so soon after Loaders, I'm irrespective of the opinion about it, this very much did feel and still does feel like a sort of an appendage to load, you know, of just here's the stuff. They didn't quite make it, you know, and I, I haven't really given it much time. I probably should, and I'll probably be back on here in a few months campaigning for reload. Like, yes. It's the- <laughs> I just, I look, listeners, I know people fuck with reload, but fuel, let's just go through the track listing quickly. Fuel, I think, is good. I like Fuel as a song. I think it's a fun it song. Memory Remains is a little overdone. Mm. Um, it needs a few more ideas in there. And, you know, Load and Reload relies so heavily on that 5-7 motif. And it just becomes a bit tiresome and sluggish. Devil's Dance <laughs> has a few moments. I like the, the intro of that. Unforgiven 2 is trash. It's not a good song. Right, okay. Um, okay. I, yeah, I just, it's literally like you just shout Unforgiven and just, it just doesn't have anything to do. And the the Elysian of I'm Unforgiven 2, T-O-O and the number two, I've yeah, always felt yeah. that was clumsy and lame. Better Than You is awful. Clint knows I hate Better Than You. Sliver, Carpet and Baby, Prince Charming, Attitude, all of those songs I don't like. Bad Seed, I quite dig. Um, where the world things are is is okay. Low man's lyric is yeah. I mean, look, I don't really like Reload. I quite <laughs> like Say Anger, and I especially like the cover of Say Anger. I think it's a great fucking album cover. Oh yeah, but we're going through. We're going past Gary Jink. Oh sorry, we are going past Gary Jink. Yes, yes. Uh, let's talk about Gary Jink. Oh right, sweet. Yeah, I mean, I fully concur with that. Um, you know, oh man, this was again another one I bought upon release. Mm-hmm. And it's the first appearance of any of them on the cover, and they're yeah. all fucking there, you know, yeah. like, oh, and we're all mechanics for some reason. But they're going back to, like, the workshop, mm-hmm. and they go back to the roots, building things together, and they're all looking really expressive. Jason's, like, stink Oh, biscuit. Jason looks great on it, yeah. He's got his Mr. T shit going on with that <laughs> goatee, ridiculous goatee. AC on his top, yeah, I yeah. assume. That's not anal cunt. No. But it's like... James looks kind of happy and contented, actually. I think, I think if, if James has got a bit of oil on his face, he's in his element, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his tank top on, and, like, Kirk seems a bit... I think Kirk's got a cigar as well, harking back to load. I think that's about to be popped in. And I mean, Lars looks like someone who would work in a garage in the 40s, like, and lube you oh, up, pause. Like. Backwards hat, like, yeah. sultry face. Kirk's got a bottle in a bag as well. He looks like a gangster. Oh, he like, does. He does have a bottle. Kirk, yeah. Kirk or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's on that shit. But it, it's got sort of like an icy, like with the blues and whites to the image, mm. like an icy cold feel. And the, the logo is hand-scrawled. I assume that's James's pen. Yeah, yeah. And scrawled for once. And at the bottom, as opposed to... That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, And I guess the backdrop, just some anonymous garage you know, elsewhere, some, some you know, chop and change sort of shot there. But yeah, I like, I like seeing the guys on there. And I think all, all of them are very photogenic and they always come across well. I always like the back cover to load as well where they're smoking the cigar in the back room and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I think that looks really cool. And they're just trying to reposition themselves to a certain extent. And yeah, I think the garage ink cover is very, very cool. Have we skipped over anything else? I'm just trying to think. We haven't really, I guess the garage days re-revisited, which is just more again, them on the show. Maybe this is again, harkening back to that. They have the four of them on there and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, we're seeing how they've changed. And um, I guess the binge and purge as well, the scary mm. guy, the, 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 the premiere of that that's quite a cool album cover oh yeah man i probably should have got into that as well i didn't even 
I didn't even get that one in the list, but yeah, that is. I remember it being good. I can't even. Yeah, it's very it simple. Yeah, it's very simple. And uh, I guess just before we get into say anger as well, S and M, which I think is lovely, and I think I the uh, the design of the M as the sort of treble clef on the tablature. And it's almost done as a program. It's almost kind of done a little bit as reload with the black and bars on the top and the bottom. But seeing James cut off from the head down, uh, you know, guitar slung low, the orchestra expanding seemingly endlessly, you know, lit up in so many different colours. Um, I, I, I love the S&M cover. I think it's brilliant. I, I was never that into it at mm. the time because when it came out, I was sort of like, Metallica got an orchestra <laughs> with them. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. But... You know, I, I should give that another go. Because it's Michael Kamen, and he's always fucking gold, isn't he? He knows what he's yeah. doing. Oh, yeah. He, he can play a note or two. He can, know, he so. can. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we did the um, we did the S&M episode, and we sort of agree that there are two types of songs. There are the songs that really the orchestra do interesting things with, like Call of Cthulhu, etc., uh, Bells. And then there's the ones where, you know, back when you're in school and you had the keyboards in music, and you could just play any note, and it'd be like the orchestra was playing that note. And it sometimes feels a bit like that, like they're getting the timpani to just replicate the chugging or whatever and that's a bit redundant but still it's a grand fucking experiment that not many bands have been brave enough to do and it came across very well not even had the resources to do yeah. a lot of bands they wouldn't or the inclination yeah it's it's great idea mm-hmm. you know it's never really struck struck me at the time or res- resonated with me afterwards but i should give it another Another blast, just another layer of the depth of the discography of Metallica. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, and it, it's you know just really trying new things in the nineties, especially and succeeding for the most part. So, um, Sang is next, which is the first cover actually designed by Pusshead Brian Schroeder, who's you know worked with the band since and Justice for All, really doing T-shirts, single covers, liner notes, and oh man, I just yeah, there's something quite totemic uh, about this and the colors especially just leap off the page it's i'd say it's the most striking out of all yeah. of them you know just as an image it's kind of got a lichtenstein feel mm, you know with cartoony strong edges although there's like a really light orange splatter in the black surrounding the hand there's a very yes there is very light yeah. orange splatter which adds to the movement the drama of it it looks like it's a hand being dragged down and mm. smashed against the earth, like there's a massive impact, like those ropes are pulling it down and yeah. smashing. Um, I mean, it's simplistic yet powerful, you know, the tourniquet and that. But there's no, there's no text at all. No. Even if you take out the parental advisory, which is probably on the case, I don't know whether that was on the sleeve or not. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's no logo. I don't know whether that's a nod to it wasn't fully Metallica. With it being Bob Rock, you know, on the right. record as well. I'm not sure whether they they sort of did that, um, but it it is the most stunning, you know, really out of all of them. It's the most striking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is quite cartoony, as you said before. Yeah, and it does have that sort of pop art element mm. to it. But and I never, for, for me personally, I never really saw it as the fist being dragged down. But I can totally see that. For me, it was just sort of. I don't know, uh, you know, it was a comic book accentuation of just a fist existing in that space. But yeah, yeah I guess it is being tied down. And I mm. love how you can see the bands crossing over the wrist and looping yeah. below. And I think originally there was supposed to be like four or five variations of different colours on this, similar to like the Warhol Monroe prints and all that sort of idea. And yeah, you're right, there isn't any logo on here at all. There isn't any signal that he was Metallica you know no. I'm sure many of the bands of the era you could definitely see this would be 
I don't know, Mudvayne, or I'm, I'm trying to think of some other <laughs> band of that of that kind of place. But yeah, the state anger, very simplistic, you know, instantly unforgettable, I think, and um, a great, great cover. They continued on with Death Magnetic, which I think is a glorious idea. I love the grave as having the, um, you know, it's got like the iron core in the middle. And uh, what's the word? You know, it's all the attraction lines spanning out from it and the the inevitable enticement down uh, that we almost go to this box. I think it's quite glorious. I think it's very intelligent. It's like the iron filings that you get. The iron filings, that's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they swish about. And it's kind of going in like a tour of, would it be tour of fluxical mm. pattern with the tour of flux coming in the top and swooping yeah. out into the bottom. It, it's kind of in that life shape around the coffin. Mm-hmm. Given that it's the first time the logo, at least on a studio album, you know, because aside from Garage Days, that it's been 2D since Killamore. That's true. Because they've all been blocked and they've been getting more powerful. And this is just, it's opaque as well in the middle. And it's got this shining shadow going through it. And it, I mean, I never even looked at this cover much when it came out. And that was like in the height of my LSD sort of phase. And I wish I had because it's so dancey. <laughs> you know, I would have, would have had a better time if I'd been looking at this. But the, the album did enough for me. And I've just noticed as well that uh, the actual text of Death Magnetic, the D that begins and the C that ends are polar opposite magnets. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's just clever. That's just, yeah. I think this is quite an ingenious cover. And I think they use the design of this so well throughout the tour. Um, yeah, I, I think the Death Magnetic cover is fantastic. It was apparently designed by Turner Duckworth, the agency. Um, and uh, Lars basically said, um, what is it? Uh, Turner basically said that they're simple and literal, but at the same time open to all sorts of, un- un- uh, all sorts of interpretations. Lars talking about it being like, you know, a door to another world, that idea sort of moving through different levels of consciousness. And yeah, I love the cover of Death Magnetic yet again. Again, they're going back to the old logo as well with the huge spikes coming out of the M and the A. Yeah, man, that return to form as was the music. You know, it's a very simplistic cover again. But there's no real blacks or whites. It's all sort of shades of grey. Mm-hmm. You know, the logo isn't strong black. It's all just sort of sort of mixed in together. Very It's probably one of the most ornate covers. It's probably the most commercially acceptable, just because you got all the pretty shapes around the outside yeah. are attractive. Um, and it, man, it was probably five years until I noticed that the the D and the C. <laughs> Would would represent magnets as well. I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, there's yeah, layers yeah. to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the final cover, I should say, you know, anyone listening, please comment. Let us know what your favorite or your least favorite uh, Metallica covers are. Metallica pieces of iconography. Final cover is Hardwired, which has definitely grown on me. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, um, Joe, but uh, there was a little bit of controversy when the cover came out because Crowbar. Um, the band basically mm. contested uh, that uh, the 1998 cover of theirs yeah. from Old Oddfellows Rest is yeah, very yeah. similar. Um, I don't oh, know if you're yeah. familiar with the cover. But for me, oh, yeah. and I'm just talking as a Shakespeare fan, I remember as a kid, 
uh, reading about Othello and Iago is the sort of the knave and he's duplicitous and he's two-faced and he's compared in Shakespeare to uh, Janus, Janus, which is a Roman god who had multiple faces like the hardwired covered cover yeah. and I always sort of felt kind of almost like um, you know you know sort of what is it comedy and tragedy the multiple faces and you know happy and sad and all that sort of idea I always saw it more as a play on that and I mean what do you think about the hardwired cover I mean if you compare it to either of those it's plagiarism but whether it matters I think Crowbar I love Crowbar but they just seem slightly embittered yeah. and went oh you know because <laughs> Really, I mean, it more says something about the title. Is you know, all of them are in the same head, mm-hmm. and I mean, James looks very peaceful. You know, yes. or he might be anxious. I don't know. He might be high anxiety. Lars looks a bit stressed out. There's a there's a mouth in in the throat. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, lo- the- there's lots of faces. The more you look, the more you see. Oh, absolutely. It's to. It is similar to that, but um, to the to the crowbar cover. But I mean, it's a bit of a reach. I feel because it's yeah. not exactly an original idea, but it's a very effective execution of this idea, and it's kind of come out like a Photoshop Picasso. You know, you've got the the eye just below Lars's mouth as well, popping in there, um, and the logo's all kinds of fucked up. That's like it's you know blipping on a screen, um, sort of bits in between it. Uh, Crowbar's Kirk Winstein apparently mm. was one of the first people to point out the similarities and he wrote on his Facebook in all fairness after touring with the Mighty Metallica while in Down I know the fellows know who Crowbar is however I seriously doubt that any member of Metallica stole this <laughs> idea from us maybe the artist anyway you slice it it's a cool cover idea now James and Lars go listen to Odd Fellows Rest and uh, I'm sure they did, but the, but the crowbar one, it's like it's it's just a, a face coming out from all four corners, whereas the hardwired one, it's a bit more original. It's incorporating them a bit more. You know, you got the tongue coming out the left ear. And when I saw them live, actually, they use these images a lot um, during songs on the cubes, and that's where I really grew to appreciate it. Actually, I think and I think there's a video of theirs as well. I can't remember exactly what the hardwired song is, but obviously there's a video for every single song on the album, and they use this image as well throughout the video, and it works quite well. And the metallica logo as well which is kind of like a bit of a, um, a dead set of frequency coming through mm. isn't it the way it's uh jagged oh yeah it's all kinds of broken up in there and it it works i just i'm not sure whether i'm not sure whether it would be better off representing you know the album sort of self-destructing or if it is saying that they are literally breaking up in a way i sort of, i was more concerned when i saw this album cover and the logo than being, oh, you know, because Death Magnetic was really reassuring, hmm. you know, for them to come back and to do that. And this is more kind of, oh, okay. And, you know, it could be a bit more arty. It could be a bit, who knows? But I just kind of thought, okay. You know, and in terms of at least reviewing the catalogue, you know, for this, it certainly struck me as probably the, probably the most distressing as opposed to, like, the bleeding jizz and the, you know, hand and hammer. <laughs> Well, like, oh, guys, you all right? Is Rob crabbing enough? I'm sure. I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're fine. Um, But uh, yeah, that that brings us to the end. uh, Going through these studio covers, and um, 
quite a helpful thing online as well. They went for all the Metallica logos through the years, sort of seeing the variation, which we've kind of touched upon as we've gone through. Uh, I guess we didn't talk about the sort of St. Anger era logo where the the points underneath the M&A actually come up and try and meet underneath the letters, which is kind of how I remember the logo. That's when I was getting into Metallica. That's what it looked like. It's not bad. I prefer pretty much all the other logos. So I think that one's a little dated. It's, I, I mean, it's the same sort of concept as yeah. all the others. Um, it probably just more cartoony and looks a little more appealing. I'd say you can't beat the classic, you know, just the classic solid logo for me. That's mm. the most iconic thing about Metallica. That's you could write any fucking sentence or any word in that font, and just immediately there's no. It's like the McDonald's M for God's yeah. sake. You know, right. there's no, there's no dispute what that is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, completely. And uh, as I said before, please let us know down below if you're going to start a Pantera podcast. And also what you think of the album covers and all that sort of stuff. Please go through the old episodes that me and Joker have done before. As I said, we did uh, Bread Fan and we also did um, uh, The Nemes. Um, me and him have actually done a rap battle as well on my other podcast if you're interested in that. We've Big done various, various other things, uh, various other collabs, and I'm sure there'll be some in the future. We'll have to get you on for another song or something else, man. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you Ooh. on. Is there anything you'd like to promote? You're, you're on Instagram now, is that right? I'm on Instagram, uh, Joker underscore 1984, for all that Studio Morrow art bollock shit. Um, I was wondering if I could get on for Ronnie. Have you got any or Ronnie. any load songs? Um, yeah, I think I have, got, I have got Ronnie booked. Let's see what uh, load stuff I've did. got coming up. I love Ronnie. Um, Poor Twisted Me. Sick. I love that fucking tune. Let's go. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's go. I listened to three songs off the Best Metallica album before we did this, and one of them was Poor Twisted <laughs> okay, Me. Okay, okay. Fantastic. I mean, we need a load episode at some point, don't we? Like a load battle, you know, going yeah, back and forth. Just, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, sort of, why, yeah. why not? Why not? I mean, it always comes up. It's kind of my persona now. I'm the British guy that hates load, so yeah, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna ride with it. You know, it's all good. And the one who likes anger for, uh, for some reason. But... <laughs> <laughs> and shout out Sabbath Bloody Podcast as well that oh. you and me too i've been getting into that guy he's fucking sick yeah man. he's great i love <laughs> right, awesome. yeah, yeah yeah he's a great dude yeah everyone go listen to sabbath bloody podcast if you're you know you want a, a black sabbath version of this great editing as well with the clips and stuff like he does a really sophisticated job on there i think i'm going on the show um we're gonna i'm gonna do like Meta you know black sabbath's obvious influence on metallic i'm pretty sure the first thing hetfield ever heard from his brother's record collection was the opening song of black sabbath so you know he's on that road he's on that road and i think i'm gonna have um actually going to have him on uh rye for sabracadabra quite obviously uh, yeah which, man. Do, which i think they do national acrobat in the middle of that as well they do, yeah, um, yeah which is, which it's is, a mix up yeah which is they very very massive. cool and i mentioned you before as well uh the song supernaut by black sabbath mm -hmm. if you've not heard this song by black sabbath go fucking oh. listen to this song by black sabbath it's, in, it's incredible fucking track. volume four it's off right oh yeah man yeah. or like the the hardcore group coalesce to a version of that as well uh, on a Black Sabbath cover CD, which is very good. Supernaut, it's dancey riff. All right, Ooh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, this has been great. As always, go follow uh, Joker's Instagram. I'll put it in the description down below. Check out Sabbath Bloody Podcast as well. It's a fantastic podcast. Um, you know, follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We've got the Patreon. We've got the iTunes. We've got all the stuff that I hawk at the end. And I really appreciate everyone that listens to the show, everyone that fucks with the show, everyone that gets in touch, guests on the show, Everyone that streams, downloads, kind of already said that, tautology now. But uh, Joker, thank you again, man. 
Thank you very much indeed. It's been fantastic, Tom. So.